Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. Welcome everyone to Neon Twilight. I'm your host, Solaris Blue Raven. Neon Twilight will be a monthly radio series here, here over here at um, at Nightlight. I'm very excited actually. I will have no guests, no interviews, just a starlit sky oriented chat under the cosmic design discussing many mystical topics. And I want to say thank you to Barbara DeLong for opening a space for me over here at Nightlight and her wonderful radio network. And a shout out to Mark Eddy as well. So just a hello to everybody out there. I hope everybody's doing well. Tonight I'll be discussing crystals and consciousness and how we go about utilizing gemstones in our daily lives and uh, get into healing properties and purposes. Um, this will be a spiritually organic and somewhat freestyle communication, which I hope you'll enjoy. Um, trust everybody's doing okay in these worlds of strange right now. We've got some, some bizarro stuff going on in the timeline, so we're going to switch gears a little bit and get more enlightened today. And one of the reasons I want to shift gears is just to uh, give you all a little bit more perspective about multiple world realities we experience every day. So we're going to dive into some subject matter, and I'm looking forward to communicating with you all tonight, so welcome. And first of all, I just want to dive into the aspect of crystals themselves, and why crystals, just because it was um, the energetic signature of a crystal is, is an amplifier, as far as the resonance effect, and how it affects people at the cellular, molecular level when it comes down to um, when we're working with the crystal itself. So, so why are people attracted to the crystal? It's usually an energetic exchange, even on a, a very subliminal scale. Uh, you might notice when you go into a, a rock shop or a crystal store, there's always one particular crystal that feels right, energetically speaking. It's just one that kind of sings to you when you're um, scanning your energy field and, and honing in on something you think you might need on a subconscious level. This also is about medicine. It's about the uh, medicine from the, the multidimensional fields and the etheric connecting into your field to try to assist you on the timeline. So something to look at when people are, are honing in on crystals. And I know back in the day, this was like 20 years ago or so, and people were really, really uh, in tune to crystals. Nowadays, people kind of wear them, but I don't think they really get, or if they've forgotten to some degree, some of the things that um, that they're actually working with when they're wearing the crystals themselves. So I just want to kind of go down a little timeline here and look at the um, the time capsules of what we're dealing with when we're working with the crystals themselves. But the um, So what does your psychic antenna tell you about the crystals? That's, that's one thing that I'd like to mention also is following your intuition. It's uh, how you're feeling insofar as... Uh, the frequency you're getting, the vibration you're getting, 
Is the crystal hot? Does it feel warm to the touch? Is it cool? All of these things are components insofar as how that crystal is programmed and the energetic signature associated with it, which can help you. It can also help you heal. Uh, so those are things that we look at with our psychic antennas when we're trying to pick the perfect crystal for us. I'm also going to go into some levels of what which crystal might be better or versus the ones you might be attracted to for your own uh, medical purposes or things you might want to utilize for your wellness. Uh, do people need crystals? No, you don't need crystals. And just like you don't need specific jewelry, but if you're if you're like me, I love jewelry and I love um, specific jewelry with, with a, a symbolism to it or a, a vibration to it. And I can remember as far back as I don't know when, I mean, many, many moons ago, uh, even as a teenager, I was always attracted to the crystals. And I'm sure all of you can relate to that to some degree. There's a reason behind it. It reaches out to us on a subconscious level, on a spiritual level, and also more on an Akashic level, too. A lot of us who have been through um, different timelines of experience, maybe lifetimes on and off planet or even ancient civilizations, it might feel like we have a resonance with that particular field. And that's where the crystals come through for healing and resonators and amplification and, and correlation with ancient technologies and civilizations, such as ancient Egypt and, and Atlantis and Lemuria. And we can get into that, too. Uh, and I do, you know, I speak pretty fast, so a good thing we can do a replay later. But this is uh, probably as slow as I'll ever be able to get in the illusion of space and time, so bear with me here. But uh, looking at your bioelectric suit, let's take a look at the field of energy you have. So you have your bioelectric suit, which vibrates on multidimensional fields simultaneously. Now, most people don't realize that their field of energy is even vibrating on multidimensional scales. They assume it's more linear, more three-dimensional, but you're actually vibrating on, on multidimensional waves, which means every, every field of energy is attuned to a different dimension. And that attunement will open up your psychic abilities or open up who you are on a multidimensional layer, which brings in a lot more power and, and level of consciousness to you once you're accessing and, syn and synchronizing the field itself. And once again, working with crystals or working with an aspect of something that amplifies your field or helps hone in the signals of your own vibration would be very beneficial there. So and once again, this is another thing I want to mention, too, about the crystals themselves, how we program the crystals. And most, most crystals, if you purchase one, or you're drawn to getting one, they usually have their own internal program that's there that's been set in motion from the Akashic or from the records here on this world and the illusion of. And I always say in the illusion because we're a multidimensional field. But that particular type of, um, of program is there. If you want to create another program for it, then there is a way to do that uh, by, by your own projection of energy and your own psychic ability interfacing with the crystal itself. And that's done through excuse me, meditation or projection of the third eye, where you can literally just hone in on the field and, and visualize that crystal in your hand and actually program it from your third eye or end state of consciousness, and you can actually rewrite a program if you so choose. Now, people do that when they're wearing crystals for protection and shielding or something extra they want to create with the particular crystal for giving it to a gift or as a gift to someone else. They, some people do tend to program them. So just a, a heads up on that one. Uh, but it is given to you according to your beliefs. In other words, be careful what you wish for and how you manifest things, even on a subliminal scale, because your energetic signature is projected into the field. It's also projected into the jewelry you wear. So you're imprinting everything psychically, whether that's a ring or that's a necklace or that's a crystal. All these things get programmed in there. So you want to make sure that you're, you're setting the intent with clarity. In other words, be careful of how you're thinking, where, you're, where your mind is at, how scattered is it, how's the mental body, how is the emotional body, you know, is it out of whack? Do a check on yourself and make sure that you have everything in balance and in sync is my suggestion on that when you're, looking to program something. Also, you're shedding the density. And, uh, you know, whether you realize it or not, you're dropping density on a vibrational level when you're wearing crystals or you're wearing any particular jewelry which has a charge to it. So that will also allow for higher vibrational field of energy in the sense of going to the next frequency. So you do drop that density and travel. 
I like to say drop, drop the density and just travel light. You really don't need extra baggage and extra energetics. We have enough, <clears throat> as I lose my voice, excuse me, we have enough going on here on the timeline without having to, uh, you know, have extra baggage. <laughs> just, there's too much density here. So get yourselves light. Uh, try to do that as best you can. I know it's challenging, and especially in this day and age with the timeline the way it is. But find yourself a space where you can actually go into your own field of energy in harmonics with the cosmos. And just let that energetic signature, you know, set, set in your field that you're able to um, reassess your, your own multidimensional fields and, and kind of align them better to the harmonics of the cosmos. That's just my two cents. But it will definitely serve you well. And letting go of the, the emotional debris and the mental debris and, and all this stuff that's building up with people lately, I think the crystals come to mind because they help amplify your own field and they help secure your own electromagnetic field aura and four-body system. So I think it would be helpful for people to kind of dive into that if you're guided to. Once again, this is just if you're attracted to this particular subject. Um, the dream time and crystals also very, very powerful. So you have the dream where uh, you want to program your dreams more. You can do that by intent. Obviously, before you go to bed at night, you can set the intent to remember your dreams or even be more lucid in the experience. I've always uh, mentioned to people that you want to be lucid in your dream time. You want to be able to change the formula. You want to be able to change the scenery. And when you're in the dream time, if you see something you don't like in there, move it, change it. If it, if it bothers you over it's some kind of a, I want to say nightmare, but the idea behind that is it's something there. Try to control it on a lucid scale and neutralize or change the scenery so that you have control over the dream time. That's really what it is about in so far as mastering consciousness and understanding your capabilities. Once you become aware as a lucid dreamer, then you're understanding how, how reality works and the illusion of how the constructs work and how you can function from day to day by manifesting at will or reality. So this is something worth a good practice run. Setting the intent before you go to bed is my suggestion once again and making sure that your fields are clear. Uh, maybe a short meditation or some breathing exercises. You know, I, I'm a real firm believer in Qigong exercises or Tai Chi or anything with prana, you know, where you're breathing in universal life force energy through the heart chakra, preferably. Also deep breaths. So if you notice a lot, uh, people breathe kind of shallow these days. Well, now they have the illusion and all this other stuff going on with this. Don't get me started with the virus thing, but but the whole idea behind that is it's oxygen, right? Prana, universal life force energy. It's very, very important that we're breathing properly. So a good time to do that would be in the morning, taking really deep breaths, maybe 10 deep breaths, breathing in universal life force energy, exhaling, decompressing, and doing that to reset your field in the morning and also at night is my suggestion. And that would be for, obviously, if you're just wanting to just reset and create some more balance in your life. Uh, the harmonization aspect when you're in, in dream time would be if you're using a crystal while you want to project yourself, say astral projection or dream time, you want to use an amethyst, in my opinion, or something uh, where you can transmute alchemically any vibrations that are not in harmonization with you. Um, there's also the, um, you might want to use something more grounding, too, depending on your field. If you're one of those who tends to get really out there and very, very expanded and has a hard time anchoring back in, then something like hematite might be helpful for you, something to anchor and ground you in. I still say shungite's a good one, although it's not a crystal. But it's very good at grounding. It's also neutralizing and, and kind of uh, attuning your field properly so that if there's any dirty electricity, it definitely neutralizes and at least attenuates the field so that you're not getting too much of that, that kind of toxicity in your energetic signature. So those are things you can look at when you're resting at night or what you want to wear. Some people don't want to wear any jewelry at all when they're sleeping, and I understand that. So, um, you know, just follow your intuition, but you can also wear or, or not even wear, but you can have like crystal clusters by your bed. So amethyst comes to mind, you know, the amethyst clusters, or even rose quartz for love and healing and um, anything, anything like that you want to use for more emotional balance. I don't know if I heard anything in the background or not. I think we're okay. Just let me know because I'm going fast. But um, these are the things that come to mind for the heart center. And so far as um, heart chakra 
emotional release or love. And the rose quartz is really, really good for that. It's really good for just, just holding the field of energy for love, universal love, unconditional love. I think right now a lot of people aren't utilizing their heart chakra that much because it, there's a lot of stress, just plain stress going on. So you take those heart chakras and you breathe in the light to the center, unifying the field, obviously, through meditation. But the crystals themselves, the, the, um, the rose quartz, in my opinion, would be one that I think would be very beneficial to people if you're wanting to at least balance the heart center a little bit more and keep it more um, in harmony with upper dimensional grid works versus what's here. So that's something I look at. And obviously when you're, when you're working in the field with crystals, you want to make sure that they're, they're purified to some degree. So sometimes when you purchase a crystal at the store, you may not need to do anything to it. It might just have such a clear vibration that it will change your field immediately and, and kind of attune you to higher dimensional fields with a lot of peace. So you don't really need to change that at all. And that usually has a lot to do, <clears throat> excuse me, with the origins of where it comes from. Also, how it's been respected in the store. All these things correlate and support the atmospheric conditions. So sometimes you don't really need to clear a crystal when you purchase one. If you are feeling like you need to um, clear the crystal, maybe it just has some gunk on it, then the sea salt and burying it in sea salt, which I suggest, or I usually suggest maybe one to three days, is a good time to do that and just kind of purify. And then, of course, um, pour some water in there and then, then let it charge up with the sunlight. It's great to do that around the lunar cycles if you can at least when you're clearing and detoxifying. And then, of course, when you want to charge something up, you want to use the solar energies and putting the uh, crystal out with the sun where you can absorb the light and, and the fields of energy, and it gets really, really charged, and it feels really good. So those are little tidbits of information I hope can help you. And so far as just trying to um, hone in on, on what you can do to better yourselves if you're working with the crystals. And I know there are a lot of healers out there who do work with the crystals. I think sometimes people forget because you've got um, – all kinds of things going on. And sometimes people get so busy, they may forget to clear their, their crystals or they might forget to um, maybe put them in sunlight to let them recharge because crystals need a break too is my point and no pun intended, but the crystals do need a break. Um, they need to recharge and purify and definitely um, change a little bit. And I'm going to grab some water for just a second here. We have some fire stuff going on. Um, smoke's kind of here and there. So it's just a heads up if I lose my voice for a second. My apologies, but we'll keep rolling here, and all will be well. All right, so the, the healing modalities and layout for healing, um, I want to mention that as well. I know I was talking about charging your crystals and taking care of the crystals when they break, et cetera, or, or the fact that they do need to break themselves. The, um, some people have a really intense vibration. So if, you're, if your vibration is really, really intense, or you're going through a lot on a, on a crisis level, then you probably don't want to wear a lot of crystals because you're going to wind up fracturing the crystal. It's going to break. It's going to fall off your body. You're going to find out the necklace will break or something will happen. There's no such thing as coincidence, in my opinion. And this goes for other necklaces, too. If your body's not in harmony with what you're wearing, you'll find, you'll find out that this, all of a sudden these necklaces are going to disappear or the crystals might break. So once again, pay attention to these things because you can certainly run into some problems in a sense of out of harmonization. And it's also a sign that your body needs more healing. So take some time to, to look at that and, you know, balance your energy field. And if it feels like you're losing crystals too fast and something needs to be more organically correct with the bioelectric field in your aura, and then you can reach out and do more crystal work, in my opinion, anyways, because it seems like there's something off balance if you're breaking crystals all the time. I do know people that do that a lot. I know that when I was younger, a rutilated quartz, I could not wear it all because it's such a, it's such a conductor that I had a really hard time just because I was always breaking it energetically, my field was really charged. And at that time, I wasn't controlling it a whole lot. So it does happen. Yeah, just, just some extra information for anybody out there who might have that problem with crystals, because I know I do. 
at least I did, not now, but I did in the past. So you're not the only one if you find yourself doing that. And of course, with the necklaces breaking and this and that. So uh, the Shungite, once again, it's, it's good for purifying properties insofar as the purifying the environment and purifying your water. So I like to bring Shungite up just because it's a good one to work with quartz or other crystals that you're usually utilizing. Uh, it's something that, in my opinion, would be very beneficial to a lot of people right now, especially with dirty electricity. So if you're not familiar with Shungite, get to know Shungite. It's, uh, it's a nice complement to crystals in general and quartz. And there's uh, CosmicReality.net. I believe you can access that website. It's really, really good. Nancy Hopkins does a fabulous job with Shungite and information pertaining to Shungite. And you can definitely go in there and check out all her merchandise. And shameless plug, but I've worked with her before, and uh, she's got some beautiful Shungite, really good quality stuff So from Russia. Okay, so another thing you can do with crystals, which I find really interesting, is the, um, the clear quartz. Uh, it's, it's, you can use that for gem elixirs. I don't know if you're familiar with gem elixirs or not. Back in the old days, they had some fabulous books, and I know Barbara can probably relate to some of these. Or <laughs> I can, but um, the gem elixirs were really, really cool. Back in the day, I used to take a lot of gem elixirs, and I can tell you that immediately you feel it shifting your vibration as soon as you start to utilize the elixirs themselves. And, and what it is, it's the, um, the energetic signature, the vibration of the crystal itself is transferred in from the water. You're taking um, the, the crystal from itself is, is coming in and trans, transmitting in the water but amplifying and actually changing the alchemical structure of the water to some degree with the vibrational signature of the crystal itself. It's really powerful. And once you start utilizing that and, and, and taking the gem elixirs, you'll find that your vibrational field will shift internally quite quickly. And those are really, really good to use. I don't know how many people are actually working with that right now, but the gem elixirs and that type of vibrational healing is really good. As a matter of fact, there's the book Gem Elixirs and Vibrational Healing, which is by Garudas, if I'm not mistaken. And if you can find it, you're very lucky because I bought those Gosh, back in the old days, but I think they should probably have them around. Fabulous, fabulous books are the best things and the best information you'll ever get when it comes to crystals and gemstones. And I feel uh, intuitively, what, for whatever reason, it just seems like the crystals and the crystalline structure is a big deal right now. And I think it's because we're in this space of, of uh, linear implosion, you know. So for me, amplification of the field of higher consciousness, but working with things that actually balance that in multidimensional space like crystals and such, I think would be very, very helpful for everybody. So it's one of the reasons I wanted to put this together tonight. And, and like I said, it's really nice to be able to be here and just kind of roll for a couple hours instead of interviewing anybody because I can just get the data out and then you can access it later and go through it. And if it helps you, that's great. And if you have any questions, uh, you can, you know, send them over and chat and you can certainly address them on air. So uh, don't be shy if you feel like you need to have a question answered. I think I mentioned the rose quartz earlier, so we, we got into the rose quartz a bit about the heart center and the heart chakra and how that affects people on an emotional level. So once again, if you have emotional turmoil going on, the rose quartz is very, very helpful for you, something that I think that might balance your field quite a bit, or trauma. Any, anytime you have some kind of trauma going on in your life, relationship issues, divorces, separations, loss of loved ones, anything like that, rose quartz is very, very healing. And can be very beneficial to you on, the, on that level. You can get a, a medicine pouch, you know, for example, if you don't want to wear the jewelry, or put it in a little pouch with some sage and some, you know, special herbs and such, and you can bring it with you. And hang on for a second. Just don't want to lose my voice for you all, so we'll keep going. Don't worry here. Um, so anyways, the, uh, but once again, the rose quartz is something that I, I like to see insofar as um, using it for more healing modalities connected to emotional issues. That's very, very balancing. I had a gal one time that uh, went through some really weird uh, anxiety attacks. You know, she, she was just having anxiety all the time. 
And she had a lot of what we call, it wasn't necessarily a psychic attack, but for her, it seemed that way. It was just complete anxiety, which would speed her heart rate up and make her go pale. And she, her blood pressure would drop and just out of nowhere. And so one day, intuitively speaking, and I worked in corporate at the time. They used to call me the corporate witch, but this was a long time ago. <laughs> you know, it's funny because um, she was going through this, this issue and I, she, her, her little cubicle was near mine. So I got up and I, I had one of these. I have always had crystals with me at, this, at my desk and I gave her one of my rose quartz and I just held it. You know, I told her, you just hang on to this. And I'd say within like maybe 40 seconds to a couple of minutes, she was fine. And then, and then she, she, she got through that episode and then she gave it back to me and she said, thank you so much. This, this completely helped me. So whether it's psychological or it's really the energetic signature, I think it's a combination of both. Um, holding something, but projecting your energy, whatever's going on with your body that it can't hold the field, it can't hold that trauma, let it channel through and go into something else is my, my point. And I think that's what she did. She projected all that and went right into that crystal and it was able to absorb it to some degree and she was better. She felt better emotionally. She was more balanced and she didn't have the anxiety anymore. And what I did notice about the crystal afterwards was that it was very sticky. It had this residue on it energetically and that was all her, it was all detox, right? Well, you just clear them after that when you have uh, an issue like that. And I'm using that as an example because you might find if you're working on these things with yourself or other people, then you definitely might notice something like that where they need to clear those crystals as soon as you're doing healing work on somebody. So just a heads up on that. Another thing, too, um, people forget the children around. You know, the kids, the children need, in my opinion, I think crystals are great for kids. And I I would encourage you to, to have crystals around them in their rooms, maybe some, I don't know, rose quartz and amethyst and all kinds of cool stuff. Most, most children love crystals and I find that they are very healing. So even if they're not working with them energetically, like hands on all the time, the field of energy will be there for them. So that's something to look at as well because they really do absorb and transmit quite a bit of information and also radiate a lot of energetics that can heal and and assist in a more of a balanced life. So this is all about crystals right here in this little, this little parallel I'm talking about right now. All right. um, So where else do I want to go with this? Okay. So, Looking at that, I, I, that was my little tangent of stories here, but just want to bring that into, into focus for a second to show you the idea behind how this helps people and what you can do if you're having an, an anxiety attack of any kind like that. Um, also, uh, you want to, if you are finding yourself hyperventilating or say you're going through stress, breathing is a huge deal. So you've got to get the breathing back to normal. And you do that through whether it's meditation, qigong, toning is a really good thing too. So if you find yourself getting into stress, projection of sound is a really big deal. And I would encourage you to go ahead and do that. And if you find yourself feeling like you're overloaded, energetically speaking, find a way to channel the energy. Bottom line, whether you're working out, training, toning, singing, something where you're moving the field, you're moving the energy, but that's, that's going to help you get through whatever's going on. The only reason I'm bringing up anxiety right now is because it seems like uh, just from my own assessment on people lately, they've been going through a lot of trauma and they're getting hit subconsciously to a point where it's, at, it's coming through their field and they need some kind of uh, balance. So this is something you can look at for more balance in your life. Obviously, meditation or whatever prayer you do will definitely help you. But this is something, I think the movement is a big deal because uh, the body needs to run the energy. It needs to run the frequencies that it's, that it's responding to. And that's one way to do it. Uh, citrine is a real good one, too, if you're dealing with any type of mental issues or need more mental focus or maybe even relieving of depression of some kind. That's a real one to work with insofar as just letting go of things on that scale and kind of resetting the mental body. So something to look at when you want more focus in your life, some citrine might help you. 
that's something that I would recommend for anybody who's going through any type of depression or needs to reset their, their mental focus, right? Um, the emeralds and the healings, the malachites, the greens, obviously connect to the healing rays of um, a lot of different fields of energy. But, but for those, um, those are definitely for healing in a sense of healing with the heart center and also stabilizing on a more emotional level as well. You can use those in harmony with the rose quartz, and they work very well. At least the, um, the malachite does. I have noticed that malachite tends to break quite a bit with certain people. So you have to be uh, in tune to the field. So once again, this is why I mentioned the, the, the store, you know, going into a, a, a crystal store and observing what, what sings to you, what resonates with you, what are you, what are you honing in on? Because some crystals will not have the same harmonization with your field. And that might not be anything personal. It's just about your own multidimensional field and how you vibrate. So don't take it personally on that level, but pay attention to what you're, what you're looking at, energetically speaking, and what rings to you, because that is a really big deal when you're working with any type of a crystal. And that goes for anything else, by the way. It's just your psychic radar and what, what you're picking up on. You've got the onyx and obsidian types, uh, which are always connected to like lower chakra insofar as uh, reinforcing the lower chakras, especially if you're dealing with any type of uh, trauma to the chakra centers, the lower chakras, emotional, any kind of trauma or imprinting going on, or heavy karmic patterns. Uh, that's really good to work with insofar as psychic protection and more enforcement, and also grounding. So that's something to look at when you're dealing with um, removal of certain things that are just plain uh, traumatic and maybe even toxic to the system. Uh, also very grounding. Uh, those are very, very good to work with in grounding. They're also very powerful when it comes down to psychic protection and scrying. So if you're really interested in doing scrying work and you want to hone in on your own visuals and your third eye activation, obsidian, in my opinion, is really good. And they, in the old days, they used to have the obsidian crystal balls. I think they still do. And those are really nice. You know, it's funny because I, I used to have all kinds of crystal balls. Um, when I was younger, I started off with these at a young age. <laughs> You know, obviously, it, it never goes away. But people would always say, well, they're nice conversation pieces. And, and, yeah, they can be. But, you know, it's like, well, do you ever see anything in them? Well, the whole idea behind it is that you are the seer and that you really don't need the crystal ball, per se. But it is something you can work with energetically. You can psychically attune to. And you can actually see, just like when you're scrying and, and creating a black mirror, you can actually see in multiple world realities. What it does is it teaches you how to see on a remote viewing level. Because what you're doing is you're, is you're training your mind and your consciousness and your psychic radar to attune into a field of perception to open up that door so you can actually communicate and see and, and get all kinds of information and data streams of, of different things going on on timelines, which is, which is equivalent to remote viewing on many, many scales. So something that I would look at in a sense of uh, if you're interested in doing that sort of thing, that's where the obsidian comes in with more grounding and psychic protection. Uh, whenever you're doing any kind of work, you want to make sure that you're always protecting yourself and, and not leaving yourself too open for entanglement issues. And the reason I say entanglement issues is because if you dial into something and it's like, oh, I'm just going into anything, you know, it's going to dial everybody. It's like going into a cemetery and just, you know, knocking on everybody's coughing, you know, coughing and you get a response from everyone. You know what I'm saying? You have to hone in on what you really want to communicate with. So do be careful with those things. You can get an overload and, and a little bit like Grand Central Station. So you want to make sure that you're not uh, overdoing it when you go down to um, these corridors when you're looking in through these types of, you know, types of crystal ball type uh, perception. I call it perception in a sense because you're perceiving a reality through the frequency of what you're observing through your third eye. So it's definitely pretty intense. And I would say if you're looking into doing something like that, you can also make the black mirrors, you know, you can do those yourself with ink or such, you know, if you really want to get involved in that. Most of the time, what I've noticed that right now on this timeline, because we've going through so much technological success to some degree, but also a misuse of technology, there's a lot of, um, interference patterns and a lot of different things happening multi multidimensionally. 
you also have the ability to be able to just do that, like I said, without anything around you. So I don't think you actually need the crystal balls or the crystals. Like I said, they amplify, they transmit, they receive data. They can do an awful lot for you, but you are the device. And never forget that. What I'm suggesting for everybody, this particular type of um, format I have right now tonight, is, is just letting you know that you have other resources in case you get overloaded. And I think it's important to remind yourself of that. They were put here on this illusion of a world you call Earth for a very long time for a reason. But just like copper, you know, copper is great for conducting and healing and arthritis and circulation. There's so many things you can do with copper. And uh, I don't know, most people have the wristbands, or some people do. I know a lot, a lot of people in the back in the day used to wear the copper bands. And just for circulation and health and well-being, <clears throat> excuse me, on various levels, and that was very beneficial for them. So all of these wonderful things you can do, whether it's a crystal or it's a, a metal of some kind, you can certainly utilize and, and look around you and see which, which your body is resonating with. You know, what, what is it it needs, actually? Um, the silver is always good to you. I'm, I'm kind of diving into some metals here real quick. The silver, uh, obviously for psychic protection, in my opinion, uh, divine feminine for sure. <clears throat> excuse me, lunar consciousness. So you've got, um, excuse me, I, I said that right. Lunar consciousness. So you've got the, um, the priestess work insofar as all the things that happen with silver. So if you're into the goddess work, if you do any type of work around lunar activity and ritual work, then obviously silver is very, very powerful for that and amplification and protection. And I, I strongly suggest uh, that you work with the silver. Very, very good conductor in its own. The gold is very, very powerful, obviously, with the Godhead and the monoatomic gold. And I'm sure you're familiar with a lot of different types of um, healing mechanisms and also um, modalities associated with gold themselves. You've got the attunement to divine source and the higher self and the Godhead, which is just beautiful. So working with these particular metals or working with particular jewelry is very significant insofar as what you're needing. What is the body telling you it needs? I mean, what kind of component does it need? The God, the Godhead and the, and the gold is more male dominant, in my opinion, and the silver is more feminine. So you've got two things working there. So if you feel like you need more, more feminine energetics associated, more divine feminine, then I would go with the silver. If you feel like you need more of the divine Godhead, then I would go with the gold. So, and this goes for color insofar as decor. How does your house look? What, what are you, you know, what are you working with? What are you wearing? What kind of clothes do you wear with that? What colors are you attracted to, right? It has a lot to do with this because it's all about the frequency and it's about the significance associated. How does that feel to your field of energy? What is it you're trying to bring through? And of course, all of these different types of things have a, they have a, a different kind of imprint, a psychic imprint, energetic signature to them. So it's all very interesting when you think about it. I don't think there's a coincidence when people pick things. I think that there's always something behind it. And, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting to observe when you're just kind of watching society and see what they're drawn to. And so far as color or, you know, just, just different things like the turquoise and, you know, I can go on and on with that. We'll get into that later. But the, um, it is very interesting to watch. You've got crystal skulls, too. This is a real big deal right now. Now, a lot of people are into the crystal skulls, and I think they're fascinating. I look at the traditional ancient crystal skulls, and obviously very, very powerful in a sense of transmission of data. Once again, you're dealing with transmission of frequency because it's just like a computer. You're, you're transmitting and receiving data. So the crystal skulls themselves are transmitting data via telepathy through consciousness. So, so it's a streaming of information back and forth and back and forth. And if you're very attuned to that, you can receive a data stream of information, synthetic. I would call it synthetic telepathy because I've been through that program. But this is more about natural telepathy and more about a, an articulate way of communicating through consciousness and streaming consciousness. And, of course, crystals like the computers, they store everything. They store technology and information. And, and depending on the timeline of where that crystal was, it's going to have the database of where it's been and also the people, the beings, the life forms around it. This is why they're so powerful because you've got so much data in there from previous groups and of collectives of beings. That's a very, very intense thing. 
And if you're able to access that information, then you can get an awful lot of information pertaining to um, more than an Akashic record, in my opinion, if you've got the real crystal skulls. I know they're making a lot of replications of these things, and that's all nice, and you can program those, but the bottom line is they're, if they're not the traditional, if they're not the original type crystal skulls that they mentioned back in the old days, then you probably wouldn't have that kind of database and signature associated, but you'll know. There's definitely a psychic signature or template associated with these skulls, no doubt about it. Uh, mediums go into trance when they walk into the room, and you go in there, and usually some people just go right into uh, a different field of perception and immediately start getting information. So if, depending on how you're attuned to the different crystals, you'll definitely feel that. And that goes for even just older crystals, you know. It doesn't have to be a crystal skull, but that's definitely something that I look at with with the, this particular one. Uh, the communication with the cosmic ancestors is also connected to those crystal skulls in a sense of the how, how it's accessible, in a sense of how they've imprinted things. So you are able to access the ancient ones, in my opinion, if you're able to access the crystal skulls. And you don't need a crystal skull, obviously, to access this, really. But in a sense, what that's doing is pre- presenting its own database for you. But you do have the full Akashic access, is my point. So in other words, you don't have to go run around and find a crystal skull because the chances of you finding one of these real powerful crystal skulls is hard. I know they do have some out there. But in my opinion, you can access the full Akashic with that same database just by projection and asking and, and being able to be receptive enough to attune to the right field of energy. So hopefully that's not too complicated for you. What, I, what I'm trying to tell you is that you really don't need all these things, but they're here. And while they're here, if you have access to them or if you have a way to communicate with them, then, then look into it. And, and if you're curious, in a sense of getting more answers and, and things beyond the linear world, if you want more information, dive into that. You can get this kind of information through a tree. And you can literally go in and hone in on the field. Of, of nature, and you'll get information from nature, right? Everything is alive in consciousness, and it's all connected. It's a big web of, of information, and I'm not talking the Internet. So it's really fascinating uh, when you start opening up these corridors and start, you know, accessing the stream of consciousness in these fields. You'll find a lot of data there. So it's, it's really, really nice. And I wanted to bring up the crystal skulls because I've always loved skulls in general. I'm kind of one of those, and I love skulls, whether they're crystal or, you know, there are protections and shields. I know a lot of people get spooked with, with skulls, but they are uh, very, very shielding, and they also are connecting, connecting to our ancient ancestors on a lot of levels. So they're, they're very much protective on, on, uh, on many, many levels. One thing to look at is, is what's in your head, and I always ask people this, because you've got to make sure that you're clear. You have to have your hemispheres balanced as you're trying to project or transmit or communicate with something else. You want to make sure that you don't have any boogies that are sitting there second-guessing what you're trying to communicate. That's a real big deal. So are you answering on behalf of the crystal skull, for example, you wish to receive information from? Are you organically connecting into the stream of consciousness? You know, you have to know the difference. And there is a difference because some people will just give themselves the answer. It's like there's an aspect of them that just tells them what to say. But that's not what you need to listen to. You need to listen to what's coming in and something outside of yourself. And that's why I always ask people, you know, look at your own mind, look at what you're creating and make sure that you're not answering for yourself when you're accessing or doing a reading or doing anything that's honing in on something else where you're trying to achieve a data stream of information because you're going to get tricked. And I try to tell certain readers this, you know, they don't want to hear it, but I'll tell you, it does happen. And people have to be very, very careful of the mind. The mind is a very interesting place and multifaceted and multilayered. So, so look at that when you're, you know, accessing information or transmitting and receiving, be very clear about what you're suggesting, suggesting to the universe, what you're accessing and make no mistake about what you're wanting because the universe does accommodate your picture of reality. And if it's not, if it's distorted to begin with, then you're going to get a strange distortion in the field when you're manifesting it here. 
And people do that a lot. They'll say, well, I don't know what happened. I put this out here, but it came back this way. Well, it's kind of like, what did you put in the replicator? And what were you thinking at the time? Because it comes out very different. You have to be, it's like a replicator. It's holographic to some degree. So it is kind of like that. So thoughts are very powerful. Just use them with wisdom and enlightenment. Uh, we all get fierce and we all get annoyed sometimes, but just channel it appropriately is what I've always told people. I'm very fierce. I'm very fiery. If anybody knows me, they know how fiery I can be, believe me. But I do channel it and I direct it the right way. So I think that's really important that uh, people pay attention to what they're putting out in the ethers. So the gem elixirs, once again, infusions uh, used, you can use infusions, which are really nice as misters, you know. So uh, something that I look at also, if you're wanting to just kind of put some kind of a vibration or change the vibration in your living space with an infusion, you can use the misters, which, you know, just put some crystals in there and, you know, blessing the water and you can actually make your own, your own misters. It's just really, really cool. So I hope this is helping you and uh, hang up for a second while I take another sip of water. Yeah, I'm used to breaks on my, uh, my other shows, but this is okay. I just keep rambling on and uh, just digest what you can. And when I need to take a, a break or a sip of water for a second, uh, just bear with me while I mute and we're good. Okay. So anyway, so yeah, the gem water is really, really cool. So I encourage you, if you're interested in any of this, if you're interested in how to make gem elixirs or the gem water, I think actually there is a book on gem water, if I'm not mistaken, but I would try to get uh, gem elixirs and vibrational healing by Garuda's if you can. If you can get your hands on that, it might be a little bit pricey. I don't know. I'm sure they can find it on Amazon, but it's well worth it. It's well worth the investment. And they can certainly uh, walk you through as far as how to really make these. You don't want to obviously have pieces of crystal in your water while you're drinking or anything like that. You don't want any of that. There's, and actually nowadays, I think they even have a particular type of device you can buy. That's more like a filter where you can put the crystals in and then you can create a, it filters through the crystals so that you're not ingesting any particles or anything like that, which is obviously what you don't want to ingest anything like that. So definitely look into that and be very, very, uh, you know, just, just make sure that you're, I don't want to say leery or just make sure that you're paying attention to the types of products you're getting, because some people are putting out products out there that I don't think are very good. So heads up. So start with the books and then go from there is my opinion. My two cents on that. Which are literally, uh, like I said, the crystals just transfer the energy and the vibration of the crystal into the water. And then you're absorbing that through your system. A different way to do it, but it's a lot faster. You know, it's kind of like taking the liquid vitamin C or, or basically it's an IV of vitamin C, right? A little bit different than just taking some other format or formula. So something something that I look at there. Okay, so anyway, so we're, uh, we're pretty good with the time. Okay, we're good. All right, so the, the color therapy thing is really interesting because I'm, I'm talking about gems and I'm talking about crystals and frequencies and, and all these different things, but the color therapy goes right hand in hand once again. So you're looking at things that connect in with crystals and how the color affects your psychological, on a psychological scale, energetically speaking. And once again, a reminder of the pink, how that's about love and, and healing for self and relationships, which I think is really healthy in a sense of if you're really looking for some balance. The gold in there, the gold and the green, like I mentioned earlier, I would definitely utilize in a sense of amplification for the heart center. So if you're doing a crystal layout, if you're one of those who likes to do crystal layouts for healing, then I would work with, for example, if you have a client, um, I would definitely work with the golds and the greens and the pinks for the, the heart chakra if they need help with that area, uh, because those are really good for, for healing, for balance, for divine Godhead, but also just, just love and, and a real um, sense of wellness with the higher self connected into the heart center. So that's just my own two cents on that. Uh, the blues are really nice as far as cooling and frequency oriented for psychic protection with your throat chakra, communication, obviously uh, stimu- stimulating inner peace and tranquility. So if you find yourself in a very hyper, hyper world all the time, 
then the blues are really helpful and so far as calming and it's just creating more inner peace and serenity. You know, obviously the, the water comes to mind as far as the oceans and the breeze and just being around things that are very peaceful and tranquil. Blue is definitely part of that and a very, very peaceful field of energy and a very enlightening field as well. So something to work with with the throat center too, speaking your truth, speaking communication through the throat energetic and not getting uh, stuck. So if you have a problem with um, communication, any form of the blue would be something that I would look at. So you look at the colors, color therapy, frequency, but also uh, blue in correlation, um, aquamarine comes to mind or all these beautiful things. Um, lapis lazuli I love, but it's more, I associate it more with the third eye, but I still love it. And it's, you know, it's up to you as far as what you feel energetically, but these are just some tools that I'm throwing at you tonight. Okay. You've got the yellows, uh, which I think are interesting insofar as for mental focus, like I was talking about the citrine and such, uh, relieving of, relief of depression or anything that's kind of holding you a little bit, energetically speaking, providing more clarity, and overall kind of a cheery and well-being vibration. So the yellow is really good for, for lifting you up, okay? Um, putting you in another space that you're not feeling like you're being pulled down by gravity. Well, uh, I like the yellow because it just, you can't really go wrong with that in the sense of, even in a room where you're painting like maybe a kitchen bright yellow or something, not that I'm encouraging people, but I'm just saying bright yellow, it really does raise the vibration in a sense of opening your mind and, and creating more mental clarity and mental focus. So it's something that I look at so far as uh, a more of a happier feel and, and changing and, and uh, moving that energetic that was stuck for the mental body. So if there's any debris in there, I think that yellow helps quite a bit. So that's something to look at for colors, you know, and this is why I always, um, when I look at people, I don't, I don't, judge them, I'm assessing them, right? I'm observing them, but I find it interesting to see what they're drawn to color-wise, because I think it does affect them psychologically. If you're always wearing stuff that's just dark, dark, dark all the time, and I'm the worst culprit for that, because I wear too much black. But I have to say, um, I, there's a reason I wear a lot of black, but, but you know, in the summertime, I like bright colors, too, and when I lived on Maui, I loved wearing all these bright colors, and it really does change your field. It really does change your vibration. If you're feeling kind of low, or if you're feeling kind of gunked up, change the vibration, change the feel, whether it's crystals, or painting a different room, a different color, you know, change the color, change the vibration, and everything moves. Uh, the orange is really nice because that puts emphasis on cleansing and sanitizing the poor body system. So you've got that there uh, in a sense that it can be used when dealing with critical healing also. So it's really a powerful ray of energetics and frequency that's associated with, with emergency care, uh, fast healing, but also enlightenment. So orange puts emphasis on the divine too, the divine God and goddess, the sacred wellspring, and assist in preparing for the spirit or higher multidimensional realms. So it's a very, very powerful, powerful frequency to work with when it's the right color. Um, this the orange I'm talking about, the orange is more of like the, the, the sun, you know, in the autumn sky. It's a real powerful, powerful radiating light that has a lot of healing energetics to it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I would say that's something to work with when you're, um, when you're in need, if you're in need of like real quick healing or response or something where it's urgent, I would work with the orange. It's also good for cutting cores with people that, um, have been pulling on your field too. Believe it or not, it's really good for that. So you can utilize that when there's something there that's corded in or tied into you energetically. The orange seems to be able to disconnect some of that stuff. And I think that's part of the cleansing aspect and sanitization that it has when it comes down to your four body system. You've got the reds in there too. And the reds um, put emphasis on the vital life force energy. So you've got your life force in general is always, you know, that passion, energy, sexuality, movement, reds, the simulator. And it's, it's good for energizing the atmosphere, obviously. And, and really just uh, ramping things up in a good way, hopefully. <laughs> red can also be very, very intense. So you have to be really careful with that. But using red on walls, like, uh, you know, if you, if you look into, like, say, for example, Chinese, uh, consider red a very lucky color. 
And it is uh, on a lot of different levels for them. So it's how you perceive, once again, but it's also how you're using it. Are you using it more with Feng Shui? Are you using it more connected to uh, healing, Ray, as far as what you need for your lower chakra system? So all these things correlate and connect in. Uh, red is very, very powerful and very intense. So I don't recommend really using it a lot on walls, per se, unless you're really just one of those people who loves red. But if you're working with Feng Shui, for example, like I said with the Chinese, um, then it would probably benefit you on that level if you're working it and doing it in the right balance. That's my two cents on that one. Uh, I don't see a lot of people with red, but I will tell you, certain people can't wear red, and, and a lot of fire signs, if you're a fire sign, sometimes they're drawn to red, especially Aries. Uh, be careful with that because it really just puts you out on another orbit. It will amplify your frequency a lot, so be careful with the reds and how you utilize them and how you're working with those because usually <laughs> if you wear red, you're a target. You just become a target, energetically speaking. And that goes for cars, too. And, and you know, it's funny, back in the old days, and I'm kind of digressing for a second here, but you know, cars, bright yellow cars, bright red cars, law enforcement will tell you this, you know, if you have a bright sports car like that, you are just, you know, they just hone in right on the, the red, right, the color. So just pay attention to those things when you're, you're out there. What are you looking for? What are you trying to attract, is my point. And what colors are you utilizing to attract that? And it can be negative attention sometimes versus positive. So uh, something we work with when I'm looking at the timelines and how people use these colors and maybe even subconsciously. But when I see red, it's usually for vital life force energy and productivity and movement. So that's how I work with the color and the frequency of red. You're hey, looking hey, with a Solaris. White... Uh-huh. Do the, yeah. do the colors, do the colors, you know, do they also relate also to the chakras? And They do you know, relate what to they... the chakras. Yeah. And, and so if, if you're wearing, I have found that the colors that I avoid are the chakras that need the most energy. Oh, very interesting. Wow. That's a great point you make. And, and yes, the, they do correlate the, the chakras. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and, you know, the chakras, that, the colors that I just love to surround myself with are those areas where I'm the most talented and gifted. Very true. Very, very true. I can relate. Well, I don't know if that's good or bad, quite honestly. Maybe, maybe you intuitively know what you need. And you're putting the energetic and the color and the frequency associated with the right center, the right chakra center. Because when I look at the red and the orange and the lower chakra systems and the colors associated then, you know, it depends on the person and if they need it for healing or, or other things. But I, I think you have a point, though. If you want to just use something that amplifies your gifts and work with the higher frequencies and you want to work with the more violets and the blues and the, and the golds and the pinks and the, and the greens, in my opinion, anyway. So, yeah, it's a great point you make. No, it's just, you know, it's the color is so important. I don't think people understand how much it affects them and their life. And not only that, but, but what they surround themselves with. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm one to, you know, surround myself with vibrant colors all over the place, which drives some people crazy, especially in my house, because my son keeps saying, you'll never sell this if you don't paint it all white. And, and, the re- and you know, I don't really care. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but it's those colors. I, I surround myself with the colors that activate certain aspects of, of me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I have a lot of, ye- I, I don't wear yellow, but I know yellow will help me to intellectually. It stimulates me intellectually and creatively. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think if people pay more attention to the colors they wear and the colors they surround themselves with, it's a way of reading themselves and understanding, you know, where their power is and what they need to, you know, 
kind of boost up a little bit. I totally agree. Yeah. And I think a lot of people right now are, are honing in more on the darker colors. Unfortunately, everybody's in, it's almost like everybody's mourning. And, and like I said, I can be the worst culprit when it comes to wearing dark colors, but I also know when to shift gears and say, I've got to shake this off. I've got to switch. And, and I think this is another thing we were talking about, you know, the, the environment you have is more, it's your spiritual sanctuary. So you want to have it on a high vibrational field. And the colors you describe in the upper chakra system, that's high vibration, right? Where you, know, you have the lower vibrational field, not that it's super low with the lower chakra system, but it, it's not as the higher frequencies of enlightenment. Once you get to the Godhead, you're going with explosive colors and, and things that are very, very uh, multifaceted insofar as just uh, almost ethereal, you know, in the way they, they present themselves. So, you know, with your expansion in consciousness, it doesn't surprise me that you have an environment like that at all. And I wouldn't want you to have a dark and, and gloomy house. That's not your vibration. That's not what you are inside. Or it just doesn't, that's just my two cents. But you know what I mean? You radiate the, the multiverse. So why do you want something that's going to dim you? Well, and so that's, that's you know, I tell people usually if they're, if they're depressed and stuff like that to go more toward the jewel tones and get the vibrancy to help yes. shake them out of whatever dismal place they are at the moment in time. I totally agree. And I also think that changing your walls or painting your house really does make a difference in vibration. Taking care of your own oh, garden, yeah. whether it's internal, external, yeah, absolutely. And if you have walls that are just white and boring, you know, if you feel like you want to add some color, do it. Because you're changing the whole vibration of your whole room, your house, your kitchen, wherever you're doing it. And the whole energetic changes. I mean, my goodness, well, you've seen that happen, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's really powerful. All the time. And it goes into even the color ink you use. I mean, it, it, you, you, can, you can take this to the extreme and it does say something. I agree. Yeah, I used to write in blues, really like turquoise blue and purple, but it used to bother people, so I went I went to black. <laughs> I used to love writing in like the real, you know, the purple and all the really nice, pretty colors. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And, and the other thing is, is I I recently have met, I, I met a lady, and she always, she always wrote in pencil. She didn't mm. want to use ink, and it was sort of like, she never could commit to anything, so she wrote in pencil so she could erase it, and that's how her life was. Wow, interesting. That's very interesting. I've never heard of that before. That tells you a lot, though, doesn't it? So you're able to analyze that pretty well. Well, I, I think so much of us, in you know, everybody wants to become aware and enlightened and everything else, and part of that process is being observant. Yeah. And the more observant you become, the more you learn about yourself and your environment, mm-hmm. in, yeah, my, and opinion, in my opinion. Oh, you're right. You're right. It's, it's also interesting, in my opinion, you're right. <laughs> but you shadow yourself, too. People don't like that word, oh, shadowing yourself. It sounds like, it, but it's true. You, you check your behavior. You do a check on yourself. Just like you when you're putting your makeup on and you wear makeup. But, you know, doing a check, see what's going on. What, what are you attracted to? What's the energetic going on in your house and, and everything? You're, that's why I said the crystals are a really big deal because sometimes they'll pick you. And maybe people need that in their lives. They need certain frequencies, and the, and the crystals are actually honing in on them and sending them a kind of a, a signal to, you know, pick it up and bring it home with them and start working with sound and frequency through the crystal because they are singing. They're, they're working in a different field of energy, but it's a frequency. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. funny. Sometimes you, you read in books what, what different crystals relate to, and certainly a lot of the information you gave before is absolutely true. But sometimes um, a, a stone or a gemstone, but a stone can talk to you, can, can have 
the ability to touch you in a way that brings you peace and tranquility. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yep, you know, don't think it has to. It, uh, while while you're absolutely right in the gener- and the and the, with the generalities you gave, absolutely 100% true. But every now and then, <laughs> there will be something that just doesn't fit into the book. But if it works for you, then it's perfect. Yeah, I agree. Right down to even stones at the beach or seashells or, you know, little things like that, too, where people hone in on certain things. I don't know about you, but I'll bet you I, we might have had this conversation, but I loved rocks when I was little, and I used to always pick up rocks wherever I went. For whatever reason, mm-hmm. I always wanted to have rocks. And, and, you know, that's the whole thing with the frequency, always hanging on to an energetic or being attracted to something, whether it's, it doesn't have to be a crystal, but it's something about the vibration that was definitely needed, or at the time, at least it felt like it was. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I've I always collected rocks. Mm-hmm. You know, it yeah, drove, drove my parents places. mad every time we moved. But, <laughs> yeah, no, I love them. <laughs> yeah, fossils, and too. When I moved Another this, really. When I moved this last time, I had to, you know, kind of split them up into all sorts of different containers so I didn't break somebody's back with the, the heaviness of things. <laughs> I'm glad you brought them with you. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> At yeah, one point, one of the men said, <laughs> "Yeah, I, well, listen." One of the men said, "Geez, this feels like you've got rocks in it." And I just looked at him and said, "Oh, don't be ridiculous. Who would be crazy enough to take rocks with them?" <laughs> and it was full of rocks. <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. Oh, that's funny. Mystery box. Yes. <laughs> you have to label it for them so they. They won't, you know, they wouldn't pick it up if they saw it rocks probably, but hey, it's a good workout nonetheless. Oh, yeah. Well, I had crystal labeled. The box was labeled with crystal, and mm-hmm. it was crystals, not crystal. They thought it was fragile because I said crystal on it, so they were very careful with it. Well, that's it. good. Well, they, Definitely. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> well, they make the journey with you, you know. That's so nice. I had a Lemurian crystal. I still have it. And I bought this a long time ago. I mean, this thing was just singing to me years and years and years ago. And I, it took trips back and forth from Maui. Every time I went back from Maui to the mainland, I'd pack my Lemurian crystal and I'd bring it and it's big. And I was like, I don't know how it survived. I thank goodness it did. And it's in great shape. And it has lithium in it. You can see the lithium in it. It's fascinating. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's very healing, very powerful. I'll send you a picture. Beautiful crystal. Oh, yeah, I'd love to see that. No, but yeah, I think I think this this information that you're giving people is is important for everybody to have, because you know, you know tuning things and 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 finding energies in things is is where you begin your journey. It's it's you know learning to blend your energy, learning to cleanse your energy, learning to feel the energy in other objects and and things. And certainly crystals are are one thing that you know I adore. So. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah, and I think that it's also a kind of a reset because everybody's under so much pressure right now and they're being distracted uh-huh. in so many different areas. I want to positively distract people <laughs> in a good way. I want to say, <laughs> let's focus on this for a bit. Let's just, let's just play. Let's just play in the field of crystals for a while or, or go into the, the field of color spectrums and look at frequency. You know, no pressure on anything, but just take a dive in there and walk around and feel the energy and reset uh-huh. because I really think it's important. Other, otherwise, people go into self-destruct. There's just too much toxicity right now. So, and you can do other things too, but I think this is a nice avenue. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, just the clear quartz crystals, you know, it's a good starting place. Mm -hmm. 
I agree. Because they do they do give you clarity. And there are also the uh dream stones, you know, the 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 quartz that has the um one plane side uh side kind of uh sheared off. So and mm-hmm. you put it by your bed and it catches your dreams. And and it does oh, catch right. your dreams. Mhm. That's a great suggestion. Yeah, I didn't mention that one. Thank you for interjecting that. It's excellent. Those okay. are great. Yeah. I'm a rock lady. I've done ro- I've done gem <laughs> casting for and years. You're the rock expert, so thank you for your kind <clears throat> words. <laughs> like, Let me know if anything doesn't sound right. But this is my own take on it. So it is what it is. And like I said, everybody has their own perception. You're right. So it is also how you feel with the energetics. So this is my um, decoding of what I feel and experience when I work with them. So. Uh-huh. Everybody has their own perception and feeling and no sense of understanding. Oh, sure. So. Sure. And, yeah. and I think the thing is everybody will find their own modality that's appropriate for them. Truly. But yeah, everybody, can, everybody can benefit from gemstones. I mean, I'm just anyone. I agree. Everybody's attracted to them, at least people I know. I mean, I don't care. You can't, I don't know, maybe you can walk past a, a, a gem store or Maybe some people do, but for me, I've always, I always like to go in there and walk around, and I'll always find something. I don't try to, but something will be there. <laughs> yeah, something always calls to me, too. <laughs> yeah, it's just like going to another planet. I mean, you're literally, it feels like you're in an alien world because all these different frequencies are there, and they're, they're beautiful, really, when you think about it. Uh-huh. And even if you have the luck to go crystal hunting, that would be even more exciting. I don't know if you've ever done that, have you? Oh, sure. Um I think the one thing I, I have never done that I wanted to do, but but I'm not dead yet, so I still could, um, is the Herkimer diamonds. Mm, um, yeah, that's that's the the only place you can find them is Herkimer, New York, and mm. um, you know mm. I just uh, I've never done that. Wow, that'd be really cool if you could do that. I wouldn't mind. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I love hunting for anything anyways. I mean, you know, don't get me started with that, but even using, I think we've even talked about, you know, using the rods, you know, to go and hunt around and find water or this and that, and dowsing rods. Um, but, yeah, I love to explore, and I think that people should explore more. You know, just get in tune to your own life, your own environment, whether it's your own residence where you live or you know, just getting in touch with what's there and, and the energetics that you've put into that place where, I don't know how many years when people live in their homes. Well, you know, you've been in your own, gosh, you lived in that other place, uh, your other house for a very long time. I was. Right? Yeah. Uh, That's a lot of energy. Yeah, I definitely was. I was Mm -hmm. there 16 years, and prior to that it was uh, 50. So, um, yeah. (laughs) That's a lot of energy, but think about all the spiritual work, portals, and the energetics. It's just off the chart. I know, I know. It was... You know, I kind of wonder where the people are that that um, moved into it, you know, because I had um, two cats in spirit that were there that everybody saw. So, mm. and I haven't noticed them here, so I'm kind of thinking they may have stayed with the house. And wow. um, it's, it's going to be interesting to see if I hear, you know, somebody asking about, you know, how do we exercise a cat, you know. <laughs> do you ever get to communicate with them or...? Maybe you should reach out oh, they and see were, how they're they doing. Were, they were just, they they manifested. They were visible. People saw them all over the place. And wow. I talked to them and I said, I'm moving and I expect you to come with me. So um, 
Hopefully they well, hopefully they're... they'll turn up. Well, I'm you sorry? know, it is the season. It's the season, you know, Samhain's around the corner and uh, That's a lot true. of things happening October 31st, the spirit world. So I would say they probably show up. Maybe they like it there, though. Maybe they enjoy it over there. Who knows? It's not well, like they're stuck, though. It, well, yeah, you know, I, I kind of, I, I miss them. So I'm kind of hoping they'll decide to turn up eventually. Uh, but, you know, I, I think it's a matter, <clears throat> it's a matter of, crea- well, you know, um, houses have their own, Davas that are attached to them, and the house Deva may decided that they should stay there. So, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. going to argue with the house. So, uh, but yeah, I'm not going to kill any of the cats I've got either, so I can have any of you know these in spirit. But, um, but I think that people don't understand that 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 you know, concrete objects like houses have Davas that are attached to them, and you can talk to the Deva, and it's amazing what can happen when you work with the energies. They're there. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important that you mentioned that too. I know I, I think we've probably talked about this before, but I've had some in my gardens in the past, my rose bushes and such, and I agree with you. And I think most people aren't in tune to that. Some people just forget that, you know, that these multidimensional fields are there and vibrating and there's all these different types of beings and life forms. And that's part of it, you know, that something's there that they should acknowledge or at least maybe have some communication with at some point. Why not? Well, my ha- <clears throat> well, my house was on the market for a year and a half, and I finally sat down and I talked to the Davis of the garden and to the Davis of the house, and I said, "Look, I really need to move. I can't take care of you the way you should be cared for, and help me to attract, help help me for you know, help me to help you attract the right kind of people for you." And and I, you know, after about a week of talking to the garden and the house, somebody walked in and bought the house. And That's I could have kicked myself, you, you know. I'm in this field <laughs> a gazillion years. I sat mm-hmm. there for a year and a half wondering why it wasn't selling. And, wow. you know, it was kind of like, okay, Barbara, <laughs> practice what you preach. <laughs> yeah, isn't that interesting? Just setting the intent and asking. Very, yeah. very interesting. Yeah. Well, you can put it in motion. Oh. That's the magic, isn't it? I bet they inherit some beautiful energies over there from you. They're very, they're very lucky, the new buyers. Oh, I think it was it it was a great house. It was on a pond. It, I had great gardens, and yes, it was magical. There's no doubt about mm-hmm. it. And and you know, I'm sitting here waiting for everything to settle down so I can start making magic here. And you know, certainly I'm starting because I'm doing the radio shows again, and you know, I'm I'm you know re-immersing myself into the things that I love and um, so and, and that's how you create magic you know you you, mm-hmm. you do the things that you love and that energy just overflows everywhere and, and the energy is happy energy so anybody who walks in feels the happiness and is happy as well so it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's an amazing thing and I mean when I well, a long time ago when I was looking for a house I would sit outside a house and look at it and tell the agent, no, I don't want to go in there. It's not a happy house. Nice. And yep. So I think I people should that. be aware of that. <laughs> right. And you can also tell a lot from the garden, too, from the outside, how, how happy the land is and how it was nurtured or oh, not yeah. nurtured. I've always been able to hone in on that, too. Yeah, definitely. And if there's been trauma there, so I can't figure out. Some of these people really like the ghost hunting stuff. And I mean, you go in there, don't just, you know, try to do something at least to alchemically change it or, you know, frequency-wise heal it or something. But 
yeah, just to poke around doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me on that level. I like I like good things. I like peace. I've been through the dark world. I don't like those, you know, yeah. uh, accidentally through them, but not intentionally. But you know what I mean. And it's much nicer to be in a blissful, peaceful, enlightened environment, and also a magical world, a, a very alchemically, magically charged world. And, you know, oh, why yeah. not? You know, if your own home is your own sanctuary. That's the last of your sanctuary right there. Besides your take, you know, your temple, your sacred temple. And uh, you want to make sure that you take care of it as best you can. Oh, geez, yeah. And, and you know, it, it is. This is your, your home is your sanctuary. And it doesn't have to be painted purple and have crystals all over the place. But, but you, have to, you have to allow it to embrace you and to communicate with it. And mm-hmm. um, so, I mean, I, every time I leave my house, I say goodbye to the cats and goodbye to the house. Nice. And when I get back home, I say hi to everybody. Um, it's it's kind and you know it's. I think that you do create that kind of environment, and it doesn't matter if you're in a one room studio or if you're in a huge mansion. It's it's how you look about look at the environment you're in, and are you embracing it? Are you adding to it? Are you becoming a part of it? Is it becoming a mm-hmm. part of you? Right, and, and, and it does. I mean, it leads through the energetics, yeah. yeah. No doubt about and, that. And and that's why I think people should watch their, you know, when they get angry or something, they've got to shift that energy. Otherwise, the house absorbs all that negativity, you know. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it really does. And you, you can drive, you know, just for the heck of it, just driving down a road, you can look at houses and you can tell what houses are loved and cherished and are flourishing energetically, and what houses are not. Mm-hmm. And they don't have to be, and I'm, I'm not talking mansions. I'm just talking cared for and loved. And, and you know, it can be, a, like I said, a one-room studio, or it can be a mansion. But you, you, you can feel the energy that is being radiated from it and, and know whether or not you want to go in or be a part of it. So, mm-hmm. Very true. Yeah, they, they become again, little light stations, you know. Yeah, and, and again, it's a matter of awareness, and I think that's one of the very first things. People who are on a journey, on a spiritual pathway, should should pay attention to. It isn't just, you know, reading tons of books on philosophy and, and all of that, and that's part of it, too. Being perceptive, being aware, being sensitive is one of the first things you, you really should be working on within your life. Definitely. Yeah, that psychic antenna will serve you well. No doubt about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. That's part of the perception. You know, it's how you see and perceive reality. But then it's multidimensional, too, and that's, that's a lot. But, you know, these, these things make your life a little bit easier when you're in harmony with everything around you, especially on that, that level of consciousness. And it seems like life goes a lot easier. There's no doubt. Oh, Absolutely. Mhm. Did you have to do anything particular? Can I ask you, did you have to do anything in particular with your residence when you moved? Did you have to bless it or do anything different when you first arrived at your new place? Well, I buried St. Joseph upside down in a couple places. Um, okay. I did say goodbye. But, but, mm-hmm. but, you know, towards the end there, I was really talking to it, saying, you know, these people are going to care for you. These people have money. They'll be able to do the things that I couldn't do. And, you know, I, I really talked to the house and the garden. 
So um, I'm hopeful that they they loved it as much as I did, and and they have a little baby, and and I think that's wonderful, and they have a dog and a cat, which is fabulous, and so mm-hmm. you know I am sure that the house is going to go through slightly traumatic things here and there because certainly my color palette isn't theirs, but but um, hopefully yeah, I certainly blessed it and I, I, you know, think often about it and I have pictures of it here. Um, but but the reality is, you know, I was a, um, I was the keeper of it for a while and I gave it over to someone who will continue to to keep it, hopefully. Mm -hmm. I think so. I think you left a really nice uh, signature for them to work with, something to build. Absolutely. And maybe the land might miss you, though. I I think the spirit world over there, the spirits might miss you, though. They get used to you. They get used to you after a while, you know, the energetics associated with it. Yep, no doubt. That's funny that you you said you buried St. Joseph in reverse, upside down. So what does that do? I should be what? Did you say you buried a St. Joseph, was it? Upside down, yes. You, okay, so what exactly does that do? Is that kind of close portals or what does that do? <clears throat> no, it's a it's it's really it's a <clears throat> excuse me, it's a very old tradition. Realtors do it all the time when your house isn't selling. They tell you to bury a statue a statue of St. Joseph upside down. And Wow, I did not know that. Oh god, it's yeah, it's, it's it's um, Amazon has all sorts of St. Joseph's you can bury in your garden. Really? Facing. Wow, this is yeah, something oh, new yeah. I learned. Well, that's good to know. Well, it does work. Um, How deep do you have to bury it? What if they find it? Well, they'll figure out what it's for anyway. They'll, they'll probably figure out what. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure it's they're not going to think so it's an occult thing. <laughs> no, it's, it's funny, but as long as it's not bones, you're good, right? No. I think that's great. No. I'd never heard of that before. I was curious. I thought maybe it was kind of a blessing or a ceiling or a portal or something. So very, very interesting. Well, I, the house was, was built over its well. So there is a portal there. Mm-hmm. And wow. um, yeah. so, uh, but, but I, you know, I'm sure that it's just fine. Oh, I, I think so, too. How's your new place, though? What's the energy there? Have you had to program anything or how's that going? <clears throat> well, um, one of the things that I, I really wanted to be was by water, and of course I'm in Tennessee, so the, you know you can't be by water that much. But um, I found out that, that um, shortly after I moved in here to this condo, because I bought the condo without seeing it, and and it couldn't be more perfect. But there is a stream that runs right in, in back of my property, which I didn't know about, which until after I moved in. And there is a cemetery there too that's over 200 years old, wow. which I thought was fabulous. And 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 you, you want to know, you want to hear something really synchronistic. There's only one tombstone that you can really read, and and um, it was Thomas F. Smiley, and the Smiley settled this area. It is the Smiley Family Cemetery. Wow. And, um So I thought, uh, my friend Jeannie and I thought we'd do some genealogy and just check out old Thomas. <clears throat> and um, he had a sister named Hattie. And Hattie married a man, ready for this, named Aaron 
DeLong. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yes. <laughs> There's no coincidence there. And he is a relative <laughs> by marriage, oh my but he is a relative. Wow. Talk about being moved to one location. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. There's just no coincidence in life. You know what I mean? It's just a synchronistic no. dream. <laughs> wow. I, That's powerful. Yeah, that. I, I stood there and I looked at the genealogy thing and I said, oh, you must be joking. And nope. <laughs> um <clears throat> And he traces his ancestry right back to the same ancestor I do. So it's going to take some 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 digging for sure, but I'm pretty sure I am related here. So so I'm not a northerner who's come to the deep south. I'm a northerner who's come home. <laughs> My goodness, that's so interesting. That's very cool. There's something really special oh, about that. That's yeah. why. What are the chances of us? I mean, by what are the chances of that? There is no. Yeah, because everything's put in place accordingly. Oh, there. Yeah. Different. I was meant to be here. Yep. Certainly were. For sure. I'm glad. But I'm glad that all worked out. I I think everybody, if you relax into accepting what comes your way instead of trying to manipulate it, and this goes for your spiritual pathway as well. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of like this comes up and, and, and it's in front of you and it's like, what the heck, I'll give it a try. Um, instead of having something in your mind as far as, okay, this is what a, this is what a master spiritual teacher or whatever, <clears throat> excuse me, does or says or is, it's kind of like you can't manipulate a spiritual pathway. It's all, it, the pathway is there before you enter this lifetime. Mm-hmm. So, yep. you know, you can try to take detours and you can take them. But you're going to end up on oh, the same no pathway anyhow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. that's true. Yeah, that's true. You go through a few wormholes here and there, and then you learn real quick that uh, that's, we could have taken an easier route here. At least my life, yeah. I can tell you that much. Yeah. Ex- yeah. Exactly. But I think people want to be on a spiritual journey. They're just not sure how to do it or how to start it. And right. the, 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 the biggest thing is to get to know yourself, your own energy. And... Mm-hmm. and um, because we're all so different, our pathways are so different, to be with a particular teacher for any length of time isn't appropriate because then you're just learning somebody else's pathway and you're going to have to go find your own eventually anyhow. Um, right. So, so There's entanglement, too, so I, I agree with you on that, yeah. <clears throat> How about empowering people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I was going to say, you've written a couple of really good books that help <laughs> people look for their own treasures and and their own gifts in their own way. And, and I recommend all of your books. Um, Thank you. I appreciate that. Like I said, I'm very, um, that's very, very flattering. Thank you very much. It's very humbling, actually. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I, I tell people I steal most of my stuff from you anyhow. So um, I don't steal. Well, uh, I just enhance it. <clears throat> no, you already know. Anyways, you're a teacher's teacher. I told you that before. Were you kidding? Well, <laughs> you, you wrote a book about it. I don't have to. So, um, <laughs> there you go. It, and, and I totally agree with what you wrote. And you do give people really good advice, really good suggestions, and empower them to find their own, you know, their own way. Because, you know, it's not one way is the only way. It's it's your spirit's way is the only way. And you know mm-hmm. you can you can go follow somebody else. You can become 
uh, a follower of who who knows. But bottom line is, ultimately, you'll have to get on your own pathway again. And it's okay. If you don't want to do it this lifetime, you will have another lifetime you can do it in. Mm-hmm. So I agree. And it's nice to have tools of empowerment. You know, if people just show you little tidbits, little fractals of data here and there. You just pick them up along the way. And, uh-huh. and you get your information and you keep going and you keep riding that wave. Uh, it's a lot easier. I think the, the hardest thing for people to deal with is that once they're immersed with their own higher self and creation, it's hard to walk away from that because you know how it feels energetically, right? But I think oh, that's yeah. what people – I don't think people have had a taste of that. It's like the Holy Grail. I don't think they've ever been able to really embrace it. And that's one of the reasons I like to approach this on this level is just to kind of tune them back or forward into where they belong. I mean, it's like, you know, the distraction here is ridiculous. And I have to get myself out of the distraction. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know how fiery I can get. But I also know that there's a bigger there's a bigger spectrum here. We have to focus on that. That's going to get us home. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and I think what you're going to do with these shows and, and you know, giving people, you know, a little bit here and a little bit there and, and giving them tidbits to, to, to chew on and to masticate and to either digest or spit out and say, no, that doesn't work for me. Um, I, I think that, that what you're doing is fabulous with this, and it's a great idea. And I think, you, you know, I'm sorry you haven't been doing it for the last 20 years because you have so much that you can share with people that is just so profound. Well, thank you. And likewise to you, too. Well, thank you for opening the space for me. I know I don't know what I don't know what it was. I just thought, well, I'm glad I did. And thank you, like I said, to be over here at at Nightlight. And uh, it just feels right, you know, and we'll just go with it and see what happens. And like I said, and I'm open to anybody. If you want me to address a certain topic, let Barbara know or contact me and I'm happy to address that as well. But I I do feel like it's something that's needed right now. So, you know, just one of those things like kind of like when you move. It's kind of like, well, I'm just going to do this. I don't know where it's going, but let's just put it out there. <laughs> Let it roll. <laughs> well, on, on, on top of, you know, this, with this, this element of getting to know yourself and your own energy, too, meditation is one of the other things that, that just about every spiritual master that I've ever read about or studied, the one thing they all talk about is meditation mm-hmm. and, yep. and finding, finding your own way. And and there are so many. I mean, you don't have to sit in a certain position and chant. Um, mm-hmm. th- there are just so many different ways of meditating. Everybody will find their own. Um, I used to do needlepoint. I used to paint. I, I, I mm-hmm. you know anything that anything that shuts your ego off so that it goes out to lunch, and spirit has a way of getting through to you and, and talking to you. And, and it's sort of like you have to stop thinking and start listening. Mm-hmm. And, um, I agree. And that's when that's when inspiration and that's when messages from your higher consciousness come through and that's when answers come that you've been seeking. So I agree. And I know a lot of people get overstimulated right now, especially with technology and all this other stuff going on. It's hard for them to switch off. And, and doing something constructive like what you're doing and describing, you know, the painting, you know, the channeling of the energy, moving it, you're moving, but you're not completely in this kind of, you know, that forced mantra type stuff. So, yeah, uh-huh. that's definitely helpful. You know, what's really funny is, you know, coming from the martial arts background where I come from, I'm used to moving energy. I was, I was a, I don't know if you know much about me, but I used to be, I was state champ women's advanced kickboxing back in the day. Pretty, I mean, I was oh, a martial wow. arts, I can be black belt. So I'm pretty intense when it comes to my energy. 
And I noticed that I, I have to kind of switch gears a little bit as I get older. You know, you, I still have the skill level, but it's still like, you know, you just have to take care of your body. The temple has to not be damaged. And you try to keep it as, as healthy as you possibly can. So I switched gears and got into ballet, which I studied when I was very young. But I found that when I started doing this, it's like, my gosh, it's like, it's like yoga for me. I love it. So I've been doing that. So it's just like, you know, an outlet. I'm just saying this is something that's moving the energy, but it's also um, allowing for more flexibility and core strengthening. It's, it's really good for you. So I just, um, you know, for me, that was something that worked for me. So the oh, little yeah. things that help and, the temple as you're going along the way, you know. And yoga and Tai Chi. Mm-hmm. Tai Chi is another wonder oh, for yeah. those who can't sit still. Tai Chi oh, is yeah. fabulous be, because you're so focused on moving correctly. And when you do move correctly, you feel the energy immediately. Mm-hmm. And, and yep. it, it just, it, 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 for those who need immediate gratification, that's a great form of it. Yes, um, it is. I taught Qigong and Tai Chi in my, um, for warm down. And I had more people attending that class back in the day than they did my martial arts class because they loved it. They just, it was like this kind of high feeling. It was just, they get centered, but they're moving and they just feel really good and it builds up their prana. Absolutely. So, yeah. Definitely a very good one also. Yeah, it's a great suggestion. I know they use it a lot for people who came out like of surgery, you know, and they're trying to recover with their, their prana, very gentle movement. That was very helpful for uh-huh. people who have had any type of health issues. So that's something you look at, too, as you're recovering. Uh, but, well, yeah, the thing is you don't want to go to that level. You want to get yourself and stay as healthy as you can while you're here. You know, even if you're getting older, you just try to do the best you can to maintain your body and do things that work with the body, energetically, body, mind, and spirit, you know. Because if you're too hard on the body, it's not going to hold up. I'll say that right now. So, another my two cents in well, there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tried Qi Kong. Um, no, Tai Chi. I tried Tai Chi. And I have, um, um, I have vertigo. So I kept falling oh, wow. over and knocking. Pe- I kept knocking people down. They kicked me out. Oh, no. What was this? Well, I kept, How long ago? I, oh, gosh. This is 20, 30 years ago. Okay, and, you don't have um, to go anymore, though. Oh, yeah, no, I do. It's from a car accident. And oh, wow. um, it's it's really cool. It, it, for the longest time, gave me the greatest excuse to grab onto good-looking men and say, I'm not hitting on you. I have vertigo, and I just need some support. And oh. at, at, least, at least two times out of ten, I was it was truthful. <laughs> well, we had a lot of nice you know. people that way. Uh-huh. Why not? But, well, that's uh, yeah, interesting. So it didn't help the vertigo, huh, the Tai Chi? No, because no, I couldn't keep my balance. Okay. I wonder what would. Have you ever thought about anything else? But it doesn't sound like you uh, have it all the time, do you? I don't know. No, it comes and goes. It's not bad. Well, I think good. now Qigong is, is cool. I have a Qigong hammer, and I just love it. Mm. Nice. Have That's you ever good. used the Qigong hammer? Mm-mm, I haven't. It's 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 a little hammer. It looks almost like a ball peen hammer, and it has a magnet mm-hmm. on one on on one side and and not on the other. And and you gently are able to touch places where there are knots of energy, and it disperses the energy. Oh, that great. Oh, it is. That's great. So cool. I haven't used it, that. It's. Oh, it's. Are you serious? Because. A Qigong hammer. Oh, I am. Just. You use I'm, it. I'm used to limp- working with the energy, but I didn't. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
Well, the Qigong hammer you have to use with a very limp wrist, and you you let the hammer actually be the the drop of the hammer is all the force you do. You don't you don't really hammer somebody with it. You let the head of the hammer drop onto different um, places, and it releases energy in shoulders and necks almost immediately. And and the best the best part that that I like is uh, the bottom of the feet because you can touch all of the uh, trigger points there. And um, it's just, it's amazing. Wow. That sounds fabulous. I, I'd say um, I probably need someone to help me, though, if I can do certain points. But if you get it on the back, you need someone to actually. So obviously this is for two people or somebody, a practitioner maybe. Well, it's, it's you know, you usually, if you're, if, if you're doing somebody else's neck or shoulders, you usually put um, your, your left hand on their spine so you don't hit a bone. And mm-hmm. you, you you just you just look for uh, the places where there are bunches of energy that where and usually it's in it's in the shoulders, top of the shoulders yep. and stuff. Makes you, sense. you don't hit bones because that hurts, but um, yeah. <clears throat> but it, it really is. Um, oh yeah, yeah. If you can't find one, let me know. I I may have two, and I'd be happy to share. Wow. I'm happy to buy one. Yeah, it sounds fabulous. I don't know why this is the first, like I said, I'm learning from you now. So I'm glad you joined me. <laughs> I'm sure the too. I don't know how many people. I taught Qigong. I didn't ever heard of the hammer before. So, yeah, I'm, working, I'm thinking universal energies, but I'm not thinking, you know, objects, physical objects. So very, very interesting. Well, my sister, uh, my sister introduced me to it. She does Tai Chi and Qigong, mm-hmm. and, and Ms., Ms., she does all sorts of stuff. And she... Gave me the hammer and I and I wrote away for directions, think, thinking, you know, I want to learn it. And they came and they were all in Chinese. So, um, <laughs> so I, you know, she showed me how to use it, and she said, just be guided. And and mm-hmm. you know, I looked at her like, you know, okay. <laughs> well, that should be easy for you. <laughs> it, it, it well, yeah, I I was a big hit at the. Uh, psychic fairs for a while because if, if it got slow, everybody came over to get hammered. Oh, that's cute. Well, so it's been around for a while. Oh, for a long time. Well, I don't know why. I never, ever noticed. I never even thought about that. Never, No one ever mentioned it to me. All the years I studied, nobody ever brought that up. Well, thank you. Maybe it, Maybe it wasn't the right time for you yet. I guess not, because I've been working hardcore energy stuff for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I would have hurt somebody with it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that sounds great, though. That's wonderful. Just yeah, like the tuning cool. forks and all the other wonderful things you can use, you know, all kinds oh, of yeah. cool stuff you can do to heal the body. I think yep. I think the only thing that, that, that I caution people against, or, or not against, but I caution people, is that a lot of these tools, like, like dowsing rods, like um, pendulums, like, like crystals, I mean... Just don't let the tool become a crutch, right? Because then you give it too much power, and then 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 it's not as useful as it should be. Mhm. Yep. Yep. You're the device. That's the bottom line. These are just extras. Yeah. You know, extra tools for the toolbox. Yeah. No doubt about that. And and it's true. You don't want to be codependent on anything. It's just like we were talking about teachers and instructors. I and mean, you want to make sure that you can fly on your own. And be able to recover if you start losing your balance insofar as even multidimensional fields of energy and your own spiritual progressions. You have to recover yourself in the end. Sure. You really do. Um, yeah, there's no doubt about that. 
I know what it's like to go through those dark worlds, and it's you get out of it okay. And then if you go into a world where, you know, you're just not, um, you know, not in the right realm, so to speak, when you're in the vibrational field, you'll, you'll eventually get there. Just keep calibrating. Mm-hmm. It's where you need to be, no doubt. <laughs> well, you know, the light is always there, and everybody has that mm-hmm. crystal <clears throat> fragment inside of them. So that yep. so that even if it feels like it's a dark time, you have the light inside, and Very true. and it's 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 just a matter of um, beginning to facet yourself so that light can shine out, and mm-hmm. and it's it, it is not something that it's not like school. It, it it is like school except it's it's lifetimes of school, and so. You you may not see mastery, you may not see, you know, completion because it, it's the spiritual journey is like an onion. There's always another level to uncover. Mm-hmm. And and you know it's it's you know you talk about master teachers and master teachers are probably the biggest students around. And mm-hmm. um, I I mean I did a spiritual development group for a lot of years, and I. I think I learned more than they did. You know, just mm-hmm. just trying just trying to find different ways of presenting the same topics so that they could stretch themselves and and in in doing that I was stretching me as well. So it was mm-hmm. it, it 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 was it was an amazing adventure for me. Oh yeah, I can imagine. You never stop learning. There's no doubt about that. You're right about peeling away all these different layers and fields of energy. The ones that don't even matter, actually, some of them are just more about the, the linear world and the programs and the social engineering and all those things that need to be kind of, you know, removed and shed so that you can actually discover the real facets behind who, who you really are. And I think that's really interesting as well. But, yeah, I mean, the funny thing is, I remember when I was doing a lot of teaching, I mean, the only way not to lose your edge is to be in there teaching but actually doing it with them. And that's one thing that oh, I've yeah. always done in the past, you know, because if you just sit there and walk around, you know, you're not, you got to get involved. <laughs> and, and once again, you know, you, like I said, there's always something to learn every day, like the conversation we're having tonight. There's always something new. Oh, absolutely. Which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't mean to interrupt, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're not interrupting. You're great. I love you. You're awesome. We appreciate you. I know everybody appreciates you over here. And I'm it's very happy that you're um I think Nightlight's fabulous. I'm glad you're doing your network. Congratulations. Well, it's uh Nightlight has has turned into a living entity in and of itself. So <laughs> I'm alone well, for the in ride. Dark times you need the nightlight, right? <laughs> yeah, well it's you know, it, it's funny. When I started painting Mandela's, I did it for fun and then there was such a demand for them. Um, it got overwhelming, and then I created a deck of cards, and I'm still on that journey. I'm still on that ride. It just, um, yep. it, it, it's amazing. Everything seems to, to morph into the next level in the new direct, and a new direction. Um, and, and so long as you are, um, so long as, I guess, I can speak only for me, so long as I am comfortable with, not directing and steering, but going with where the energy takes me, I'm fine. It's when I mm-hmm. decide to steer that I get in trouble. I think that goes for everybody. I think it's a, you oh, know, geez. you can't force certain things. That's the bottom line. Yeah. 
I think that's the biggest problem people run into is the need to just completely control everything. I am a control freak. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's just something good, but I also know when to surrender to the streams of creation. So there's a time when I just let the universe take the helm. You know? uh, <laughs> no doubt about that. It's much easier for me in the long run. Not, not being lazy, but just allowing the energies to flow and, and let that happen. Oh, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I think that, that that's when magic happens. It, it's sort of, I mean, I bought this condo sight unseen. I had no idea there was a stream or a graveyard or that I was related to it. Wow. And, you know, it was, it was the weirdest thing ever. And, and that was, that's an example of this feels right. And, and mm-hmm. when I sent my, when I sent my son to look at the place, he said, don't you want to come and look? I said, nope, that's it. And he said, mom, this is a lot of money. <laughs> and, and I said, I know, but that's where I belong. And he said, are you sure? And I said, I'm positive. You know, buy it. I mean, he bought it with my money. He did, you know, he, I would love to think my son bought it for me, but no, he didn't. But, you know, um, you know, when, when something falls in your lap and says, here I am, you go for it. And uh, I, agree. I, you know, the first first time I saw it was, was when, um, I mean, I saw pictures, but the first time I saw it was when I moved, when, when I was here with the moving van. Wow. So, Amazing. Yeah. Well, some part <laughs> of you already knew everything. That's what I mean by that blueprint that's always there. Oh, yeah. Template was there for you. And whether it was an aspect of you that was guiding you to the destination, who knows, but it's, it's fascinating. You know, you always kind of wonder if it wasn't one of your multidimensional sides to who you are that knew what was going on over there and just sent you over there. I don't know. I mean, obviously, divine forces are working there, too, but it's always very fascinating. Right oh, place absolutely. at the right time. And, and, and I think that, that you know, the, the people who are, you know, seeking, looking for their spiritual journey have to become, well, you know, you know how everybody has a term that they can apply to themselves, you know, at some mm-hmm. point in time long time ago everybody was a light worker and you know um all sorts of things and and at, at one point i was i called myself a spiritual empath because it was a term not everybody used so i was comfortable with it and mm-hmm. now i now i call myself a bridge walker in that i, like I have that. one one foot in the physical and one foot in the spiritual oh that's beautiful i love that that's very pretty first it suits you. Yeah, that's very nice. So, so in yeah. in five years, it will become a term that everybody uses, and I'll have to figure out another. Well, one. you know what? But you're the, yeah, you're the first one who said it, so you know how that works. Oh, I like that. I'm going to use it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I don't know though. It's a secret. Shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> it's just everybody's listening. Well, well you know, you know, people ask you to describe what you are and what you do. Oh, you and, know what? And, I don't even an <laughs> Well, you you do so much, and and yeah. you have experience in so many different areas. The, it the, sounds arrogant when I put it on a bio, and it's unintentional, you know. Just by experience, yeah. it's kind of like a resume. I, yeah. It's embarrassing, though. After a while, isn't it? I I know so, sometimes people read my my bio, and I'm embarrassed by it. You know, it's like oh, I don't even want people cow. to read my bio hardly. I'm just like, and I'm not. It's just like, uh, you know, it, it's long, but it's true. But it's still like so, yeah. you know, so, I don't know. But it is well, what I it think is, you thing, know, because I, go ahead. Yeah, but but you did not do any of that stuff intentionally because it would make for a good bio. 
Oh, heck no. No, it's actually who I am. I just wrote down what I do, who I am, what I'm skilled at, where I was certified, yeah. this, that, and that, and then, you know, where I've been. And that's, that's what it is. So, you know, but it seems really like, oh, you know, bigger than life. <laughs> it's really not. That's <laughs> what it is. You know, everybody's like, well, you know, this and that. And so I don't know. I just want to say I'm just a little alien now. But I nudge, nudge, okay. wink, wink, but you know better. <laughs> <laughs> well, aren't we all? <laughs> I'm telling you. We have our little antennas. We've got our, you know, little. It's like that, my favorite Martian. Oh, I digress, but, you know. That was a cute I series. I love that show. Mm-hmm. It's really cute. No, it it it, it is a, a... I think so many people today are, are becoming more comfortable and aware with the fact that their spiritual journey does not have to get in the way of practicing a religion or or having a job. It's mm-hmm. another element, another level, another aspect of of the person that they are. And um it's it's just it's amazing that that people are more and more comfortable with it. And and I'm seeing more and more people being more uh, cognizant of their spiritual life than they are their religious practice. I'm not mm-hmm. saying we're drawing away from religion, but the, the spirituality that is um, part of them becomes more important. And, and it, I think that's, I'm, I mean, however they get there, I don't care. But, but the fact that they're understanding that it isn't just a one day a week where you go and you sit and listen it's how you practice your spiritual mm-hmm. philosophies on a daily basis. Yep, and, absolutely. And, yeah, that's and it just works a stepping for me. stone. You know, I just had this discussion actually just last night on my other show. But it is—it's just a step. Religion is a stepping stone to get you to one level, but then you go and you expand mm-hmm. outward and you go beyond it all. And and that's my opinion, anyways. And, and we keep evolving and moving and can become more spiritually enlightened. And then there is no boundary. There's no, there's no religion because everything is a, a oneness in consciousness. So you don't have all these programs running that are connected to religion and indoctrination. And I think that's, you know, what people need to kind of attune themselves into that world of the cosmic design and understand that. I think they are. And that's, that's a good mm-hmm. sign because they're, they're, you know, shedding this density associated with all this control connected to religion and forced indoctrination in programs. So, yeah. Well, I think, I think in, in some ways religion gets you tuned into the actual fact that there is spirituality out there mm-hmm. and and for many it is a wonderful stepping stone it's one of the uh, building blocks that yep. uh that that you step on on your way to ascension and trans transmutation and all of that so right. it, it's it it's you know i i i am in favor of giving children a background and then letting them choose where they want to go, mm-hmm. and and certainly yeah, weaving the weaving the spirituality in, in in amongst everything else too, but but spirituality is is how you live your life, and mm-hmm. you know it, it's it's important, and you yeah, know, it's, it's extension like, of consciousness, you know. Yeah, nobody's looking except you, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the important I think thing. Children, <laughs> right. I, children know how to be spiritual. I think they really do. I think they get indoctrinated. And it's okay, like I said, if you want to have them, you know, learn certain. I, I studied a lot of different religions, and even when I was younger. So I understand, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm very attuned to different things. But I think kids normally, they just know. They just have that spiritual benchmark that, that gets them beyond it all. They see behind and beyond everything, even when they're 
attending a church, for example, and such. They go beyond it. Psychically, energetically, oh, yeah. they're already there. Oh, I, I agree. Totally. I had a, a lady once come to me and she said, I don't understand. I can't make connection with spirit. and I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And I said, well, what are you doing? And <clears throat> she said, well, I'm praying and then I'm chanting and then I light a candle and then I, I meditate and then I pray some more and and I just I, I don't get any answers and I said, Well that doesn't surprise me. You're boring the heck out of everybody on the other side. Why don't you just open yourself up? I said you don't need all that. Stop stop sending messages one way and start listening to get messages from the other side. Truly. That's true. Yeah. Well there's star bodies too, the spirit within, you know, that's so funny. That um I think they overthink things. A lot of people do tend to overthink and overdo. You don't have to. Make it simple, really. I mean, there's a time and place for meditation and candles and this and that, but really you are the instrument like we were discussing, even with the crystals yeah. or whatever. You know, those are nice, but that's not the power. You're the power. All those are is extra amplification for this and that. But, yeah, I mean, once you get to understanding everything, you are the matrix of consciousness, and, you know, you can just set everything by intent like you do. You know, it's a magic in motion. That's the beauty of it. Well, absolutely, and and I... You know, it's it's so simple, and yet it's so hard, and and um, it's it's very simplistic in how you open to it, but you have to break so many other patterns to get to that point that it becomes right. difficult. We've been and I think that's where the healing comes to, in. Yeah, and we have to deprogram mm-hmm. ourselves. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes it takes a facilitator, you know. I consider us to be facilitator types. So we're in there. We're not doing it for them, but we're moving the energy enough so that they can start recalibrating to their own design. And I think that's a really oh, big yeah. deal because everybody's got the, the patterning. They've got that social engineering, the overlays, and it has to go. There's no place for it. It's not functional. It's not even functional here, you know. And, and, it's just, uh, and that's when they seek. They seek the light, you know. And that's good. I, I always have the light within me. I was always, I was never seeking other people. I was seeking to have it with me as soon as I showed up here on this world. But, you know, I had to fine tune it. It wasn't something that was just like, you know, I had to fine tune what I was getting. But nonetheless, I think some people don't have that. Or maybe they're, you know, just kind of being cloaked in some way. That's why we appreciate well, beings like you and, you know, being out there and teaching all these years. You've done a great job getting out there and, and interacting and teaching, being the spiritual teacher and and helping people on the timeline. Well, it's it's how I grow, and, and it's mm-hmm. how, like I said before, it's how I learn. Um, and Nightlight has been an amazing tool. I mean, I have met some fabulous people, and and because I have to read at least a book a week, I get I, and I love to read. So you know, it's it's. It has given me a structure that has enabled me to grow in, in a lot of new directions. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it never stops. There's always, you know, I think the coolest thing about it is no matter how much you learn, there's always so much more that you can get into and, and make trouble with. So Exactly. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, and every now and then I hit a topic that, um, it, or I find a book in which the author is dead, and I jokingly said to Mark Eddy a couple times, well, maybe I can just channel him. 
And, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's you probably like, should. I, I, well, I'm thinking about it in some cases. I mean, there are some topics that I'd love to learn about and, you know, talk to an author about. And, and there were a couple that um, fascinated me, and I couldn't find anybody who would, you know, would would want to be on the show. So I said to Mark, I'm just going to learn. I'm going to read two or three books, and then I'm just going to do a show on it myself. I'll show them. I would. Um, just interpolate it. Yeah, why not? Yeah. No, I, sure the Knights of the Golden Didn't you do it with the Emerald Tablets, too? Oh, I'm still working on that one. Um, but that's what I mean. You have the database. I know you're you're an old being like me. I mean, we just hone in on the frequency. We can we can get the we can extrapolate information. Oh, no doubt about that. Absolutely. Go for it. <clears throat> well, who who was it? Pope Joan. I thought would be fun to go into Knights of the Golden Circle is another one I want to go into. Hmm. Um, Sounds good. In, wow, it, I'm interested. Let me know when that show comes out. <laughs> I want to hear it. <laughs> I will. I have. I have the book sitting here. I'm gonna. I am gonna oh. definitely get involved in it. But um, oh, you're committed now. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> definitely, definitely. And and good. you know, it's it's um that's, that's what's so great about nightlight. I can go in any any direction that calls to me. And unfortunately, so many call. Well, I think it's so. good because even with you, I'm having a wonderful conversation with you, and I know the listeners are benefiting as well. So. It's it's been really nice to have you chime in, and it's just we always have really really expanded conversations, and I keep learning too. There's so much I still want to do. I mean, there's so many things I'm so interested in, and I tell you, it's uh, I don't have enough time in the day, and the illusion of to, to learn everything I want to learn, and and I think I'm pretty smart, right? I'm not arrogant, but there's so much more. There's so much more. Oh yeah, and it's always, like, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it, it it doesn't matter how many master's degrees you have, it doesn't. That doesn't count for anything, unless, of course, you know, it's in a job. But as far as spirituality goes, you know, that's that's out the door. You know, who, what have right. you read? What have you discussed? And and that's why when you know, with with Nightlight, I read the books, and then and I won't do an interview with somebody if I haven't read the book. I just won't, mm-hmm. because first of yeah, all, you have to honor true. their work, and 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 then you have to. Uh, then you have to be able to absorb it. And I will admit there are a couple of books where I probably understood about 60% of what they were saying. Mm-hmm. But, but at least you took the effort. I, talk- I mean, you made the effort to read it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you might have absorbed yeah, I, I, but, you know, some of it subconsciously. <laughs> Who knows? I would hope. <laughs> but after well, talking to the author, time. you understand more, you know. So it's mm-hmm. it's really kind of cool. Right, and it keeps yeah, it keeps early. you sharp. It keeps you on your toes. So I that's agree. The point. I think that's why I've been doing radio. It does. It keeps you engaged in conversation and communication and research and all kinds of other stuff. Yeah. Well, what was it? <clears throat> what was it that that suddenly made you want to start teaching like this? I, I think it's a great idea, but you know, I, I've been wanting to get you on Nightlight for a long time, and suddenly there you are. And, and <laughs> maybe, you, maybe you did it. You must have touched your nose. I don't know. You know what it is? I just found it to be dark times. And it's, it's um, I, I see myself not going off the path. I am the path. But the, the idea behind that is this, I think people need it right now. It's the grail that people need. And it's not just about me. It's just about giving them fuel for the spirit, fuel for the soul, 
and moving them into a field where they can empower themselves better. That's all. And I've spent a lot of time interviewing people with my other radio shows, and I don't have any time to really talk to anybody unless it's my Patreon where I do videos and instruction. Uh But this is a little bit different. This is me just being really raw organically and spiritually talking about certain topics that I found helpful to me and and to my clients over the years that I just wanted to share. And that's pretty much what I'm doing, and I appreciate, like I said, the, the platform and working with you. I, I've known you for a while now, and I just love you. So it's real easy for me to be over here, and, and uh, you know, I appreciate it. So, But that's what got me over here is just to help, you know, um, if I can. And if not, that's right. You know, it's kind of like just let them digest what they need and throw out what they don't need. So that's how that works. <laughs> no, I, I just I, I think it's it's such a great idea, and, mm-hmm. and there are so many topics that, that – you have you have expertise in that that you certainly can you know uh shed light and and you know or just titillate people to the place where and and I think that's what a great teacher does it gives just enough inform- they give just enough information to make somebody hungry for more and because they don't give it the people have to go find it correct that's the grill that's like the grill yeah, it's one little sip, but then you need more. In a sense, it's just you know, it's all about spirit, fuel for the soul, fuel for the spirit, fuel for the mind. That's my opinion, anyway. Mm-hmm. But I know that how you know, even from where I've come from, it's just when I read or when I started reading about spirituality back even when I was very young, that to me was my life. I just loved it. I couldn't get enough of it. So to me, it was like, yeah, I just wanted more and more of that energy, more and more of understanding consciousness, and, and I think that's really what people need deep down, even though they don't want to admit it. Well, I think it's what everybody searches for. You know, when you have nothing else to hold on to, you have that. And, right. Um, That's right. It, it's, it's always there. And, and sometimes you do have to hit rock bottom, bottom to, to realize that there's still a power in you that is very profound. And, I agree. You know, once you surrender to that power, and it's not you're surrendering to a... a an energy that's outside of yourself. It's your power. And mm-hmm. and and it's a matter of, you know, taking it and, and letting it guide you. And and lots of times it guides you through um coincidences and I don't believe in coincidences, but but Mm-mm. having coincidences happen in your life so, and if you flow with them, if you if you take them as directions um, they lead you to where you need to be, and I agree. Um, it's it's just it's amazing. And um, I have found that that the more aware you become of, of yourself and your environment, the greater the tools you have to use. And like we said earlier, it's so simple, you often overlook it and don't mm-hmm. pay attention to it. Yep. They're wrapped um, up in the moment. No, I agree. Yeah. That's what I mean by your surroundings. We're all, it's all intelligent design. It's conscious. It's aware. You know, we're all connected and interconnected to so many different types of life forms here, plus the universal whole. So that's a big spectrum. My goodness. And we're just on one field, really, even though we're multidimensional. Oh. Very interesting. Absolutely. And, and mm-hmm. I think people are, people, I think you're right. I think people are looking today for, Finding something to hold on to, mm-hmm. and and exactly. you know, I happen to th- I happen to think that this the isolation that the pandemic gave us was was the universe giving humanity a time out so people could take the time to 
to find themselves again. And yeah, it's highly a lot possible. Of people, a, a lot of people have. A lot of people mm-hmm. lost themselves too. But, right. Yeah, but, it's gone both but, ways. It's kind of like being in a isolation chamber. <laughs> they either make it through to the next space program or they, you know, implode. I'm <laughs> teasing. Go ahead. It is, but it is amazing. I mean, uh, I have found, you know, I've met people that have suddenly created jobs for themselves that they never would have done had <laughs> had things not changed, and they seem happier. And yes. and so it's you know there is there is a section of the population that has thrived in this time frame. Empowerment you know, I comes did. to mind. You know, I thought it mm-hmm. was great. You know, I you know. Well, I, I always work from well, home what? anyways, although I did do other work, you know, security-wise. But, you know, I, I can certainly – I prefer being home. Let's put it that way. I, ref, I prefer working remotely and doing my own yeah. work versus having to work for a corporation and other people calling the shots, you know. And, yeah, it's just a lot easier. So and you make the best oh, of the situation, but it's also about empowerment. Learn to do – learn new skills, you know, all kinds of cool stuff you can learn. I think sewing is one of them, and, and also harvesting your own food is a really big deal, too, and – if you can plant a garden or whatever, I think that's a big deal. So little things that can you know, empower you along the way. Oh, absolutely. No, I think I think you've given people some some fabulous advice here. So. Well, thank you. I appreciate you. it, and maybe I thank you everybody for listening. I just I just noticed the time, so maybe I'll let you just tie it all up. Oh, you know, I, I think so. Are we just about out of time? I think we have a couple minutes here. Couple. I don't even know. <laughs> Okay, I just want to say thank you to you. Thank you, Barbara, for opening the platform here at Nightlight. I appreciate it. I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. I hope you enjoyed the information here and it helps you on some level. And uh, tune in to next time when I'm here and we'll be discussing an entirely different topic. It's always a pleasure. And remember, folks, keep the nightlight on. No pun intended. Yeah. (laughs) So thank you very much. Thank you. Good night now. Good night.